Asia Pacific currents. News and labour issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at nine o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning. Welcome listeners to Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 12th of December. Of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web or the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter, so find us on those social media platforms as well. I'm Giselle Hanna, and I am taking you through to 9.30 this morning. A big thank you to Lali for yet another wonderful, informative and interesting Solidarity Breakfast show. Coming up on Asia Pacific Currents this morning, in the second part of the program, I'll be speaking with Len Cooper, who is from the Communications Workers Union, the Telecommunications Division. Uh, Listeners might remember that Len travelled to the Philippines recently to participate in the International League of People Struggles Conference um, and a series of other conferences as well. There were some women's conferences, some migrant conferences. And we will be speaking with him to find out what happened, um, who he had the opportunity of meeting and what interesting things he's found out and how we're going to continue our solidarity with the people of the Philippines. Of course, Lane Cooper, again, is uh, the chairperson of AAWL. So... Um, He's been a huge supporter and key central person in the organisation for a long time. That is coming up in the second part of the program. I also wanted to just uh, remind listeners that there will be a massive demonstration in Cronulla today despite the um, Federal Court and Supreme Court of New South Wales um, injuncting the protesters and preventing them from rallying. The um, the Party for Freedom, which is Nick Folkes' party, and other members of the UPF and just generally the far right have promised to um, have an action, a mobilisation today, which will obviously be met with counter-protesters because of those injunctions, we're likely to see some arrests and probably some pretty intense police brutality. So please turn your minds to our comrades in New South Wales that are um, on the front line today uh, in that campaign against fascism and racism and Islamophobia. Um, I will definitely be keeping my eye on the news as well. Uh, The other report I wanted to provide you with before I launch into the news from around the region is the Global Day of Action in support of Cambodian workers' fight for a minimum wage. We had an action in Melbourne, Victoria yesterday, um, uh, sorry, on Thursday. That demonstration was outside of H&M in Melbourne CBD at the old GPO. It was a really great action. Uh, A lot of unions came down. It was really great to see some union flags and some um, shows of support uh, in solidarity with comrades overseas. So they're all my uh, pre- Um, news items. Now we're going to go straight into news from around the region. And we're going to start in Australia, of course, with the the attacks um, by the government against the construction union here. 
in an escalation of the ongoing targeting of unions in Australia through the Royal Commission. This week, two leaders, John Shetka and Sean Reardon, of the powerful construction union, the CFMEU, in the southern state of Victoria, were arrested. They were charged with blackmail in relation to a dispute, to a dispute with, the, with Grocon and Borrell companies over health and safety issues. This development is clearly an attempt to criminalise what are normal industrial and organising activities of any union. The CFMEU stage a mass solidarity protest to support their leaders and I had the good fortune of being there. And for listeners who don't... Um, Recall, this particular dispute relates to a city site um, that is being operated by Grocon and um, there, there was there was basically a fence right on the side of the road and once you open the fence, there was pretty much a like a six foot a twelve foot drop or something really huge like that with no safety clearance so it was really, really dangerous, and the union was fighting against that because it put workers' lives at risk. And this is what uh, this dispute is ultimately coming down to. And the fact that those two union leaders being charged with blackmail offences under the criminal law, so not even under industrial law, under the criminal law, and this is a result of what we've all been calling the um, political witch hunt that is the Royal Commission into union corruption. There will be many, many, many more fights on that front and I really do look forward to seeing all of you out on the street to defend the CFMEU. Moving now to India, Coimbatore in the southern Indian state of Tamil Nadu had been a textile manufacturing hub for many years before turning into an automotive parts centre. The area has also been a site of continual industrial struggles as workers defend their rights to secure employment and a living wage. In 2009, a long-running industrial dispute at the Prykol factory led to the fatal beating of a manager. This incident has resulted in an increased level of repression against workers and organising. This week, eight workers were sentenced to double life sentences for the 2009 killings. Labor activists see this as another attempt to intimidate workers and part of a generalised offensive against workers. And of course, whenever workers are killed in Indian factories, no boss serves a double life sentence for those deaths. Moving now to China. China has for many years been the factory of the world due to its low wages and high output production formula. A recent report into the toy manufacturing industry is the latest of a line of reports exposing the human toll of the Chinese economic miracle. The report found an industry based on casualised workers, often working over 12 hours a day in unsafe workplaces, paid as little as one US dollar an hour. It's no surprise that industrial action by Chinese workers has been steadily increasing. In conjunction with a slowing economy and increasing job losses, last month saw another increase in the number of recorded strikes by workers in China. And still in China, while by historical standards the level of independent workers organising in China is low, the reality is that a new generation of labour activists is emerging that's more confident, assertive and organised than before. Not only are the frequency of strikes increasing, but workers are demanding better collective bargaining power and more representative unions. 
Workers employed at the Walmart Corporation are the latest group of workers taking on the official union representatives in an attempt to establish stronger and more accountable union structures. Unfortunately, the government is starting to crack down on these labour activists, as seen by the recent arrests of Zheng Fei Yang and Zhu Zhoumi in Guangzhou province. A solidarity was held in Hong Kong, calling for their release, while an international campaign is also developing. And we'll post details of all of those of that international campaign on our website and also to our Facebook page, so you can get involved in that if you wanted to. And an update on the situation for our comrades in Thailand. Contrary to some of its earlier statements, the military junta in Thailand is consolidating its power and continues to stifle opposition. Of course, you might recall that the uh, military junta has supposedly intended on democratising Thailand. The application of Les Majeste is a favoured method to target opponents with the most recent cases involving an activist already in jail while another person was indicted for a Facebook post. The military's total power is also increasing the level of corruption in the country with many of the military rulers implicated. A recent project seeks to document the experiences and lives of the hundreds of activists who have had to flee the country. And of course, we still raise the demands free Somyot, free all political prisoners in Thailand and abolish Article 112. Article 112 of the Criminal Code is the Les Majeste provisions. And lastly, in Bhopal, it's been 31 years since the fatal night in Bhopal, Madhya Pradesh, when the Union Carbide plant released toxic, toxic gases into the surrounding city, killing tens of thousands of people and injuring hundreds and thousands. The battle for justice and compensation has been long and bitter, highlighting how companies and governments value company profits over workers' lives. On this year's anniversary, the survivors released a statement declaring that years may have passed, but their struggle for justice has not ended. And we'll post that statement on our um, website as well. It's 11 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. I'm going to go to some community announcements and then I'm going to go to a track. And the track that we're going to hear today is Archie Roach with Down City Streets. And then in the second part of the program, at around um, a quarter past nine this morning, we're going to hear from Len Cooper from the Communication Workers Union about his recent visit to... Uh, to the Philippines. Radio Adelaide, Australia's longest-running community radio station, is calling upon supporters to speak out before it's too late. The University of Adelaide sold Radio Adelaide's home on North Terrace to help fund its new medical school. A decision and funds commitment was expected in November, but instead the university has opened another brief consultation period that pushes a decision closer to Christmas. The station community is concerned that this is a precursor to shutting the station down. Show your support for a station that supports our diverse community and head to www.saveradioadelaide.org to sign the petition. 3CR in solidarity with Radio Adelaide. Here's a song for the dreamers Late night drunken schemes Full of bruise and the busted ass flat Down city streets, 
This is Archie Roach and you're listening to Good Music on 855 AM on 3CR. You're absolutely listening to Good Music on Community Radio 3CR. That track was Archie Roach, Down City Streets. It's 15 minutes past nine o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. As I mentioned earlier in the program, our feature story for today is Len Cooper from the Communication Workers Union, the Telecommunications Division. Len Cooper recently returned from a visit to the Philippines where he attended a number of conferences, including one that was organised by the International League for People's Struggle. And Len is joining me this morning to tell us all about his visit to the Philippines. Good morning, Len, and welcome. Good morning, Giselle. Thanks very much. So, um, so firstly, why don't we look at who the Le- the International League of People's Struggles is? What what does that organisation do, and why international conferences? 
Okay, the ILPS, we'll call it for short, um, actually was formed uh, about uh, 13 years ago, 14 years ago. Uh, Its aim was to uh, mobilise grassroots mass organisations across the globe to uh, oppose imperialist war and and plunder of other nations and uh, uh, mistreatment and unfair treatment of the populations there as a result. And so um, it set about its task of mobilising that, and so it has uh, mobilising those uh, mass organisations, and it's built up over the years, uh, and it it is uh, basically... Uh, if you take the recent conference, they have a conference, international conference, every three or four years, and uh, there were 400 delegates from uh, uh, 36 countries, and uh, they uh, uh, are putting together and have put together a very comprehensive program of defence of the people against the injustices in the, across the globe. 400 delegates from 36 countries. It sounds like an extraordinary um, series of conversations to have been involved in. What was the main theme of the conference this year? Well, the the main theme was um, really uh, to 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 really build a, I guess, to build a new world. Like the 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 theme itself is just is was for a socially just world strengthen the people's solidarity and intensify the struggle against imperialist plunder, crisis and war. So the uh, the conference was organised around that theme and the report backs from the various struggles taking place in the different countries in, in that regard. Was there any discussion about um, the refugee situation in Syria and the, the crisis that's emerging in the Middle East? Well, not even emerging, the crisis that is the Middle East. Yes, there was a lot of discussion uh, about that and obviously people from the areas concerned were there. Um, the way the... Perhaps we should just mention how the ILPS is structured just to show how those things can be dealt with. The ILPS is based on what they call 17 concerns. Now, that that means that 17 major concerns of the ILPS around which they mobilise, for, you know, just for instance, without obviously going to the 17, the uh, cause number... Uh, one is the cause of national liberation, democracy and social liberation against imperialism and all reaction. <clears throat> and then there's a there's a concern in terms of workers and, and unions and worker struggles. And then are, then there is the <clears throat> the cause concern number fifteen, which is about the rights and welfare of homeless persons, refugees, migrant workers displaced by imperialism and local reactionaries. So that particular concern is um, a very, a very organised. It has its own commission which operates between the international conferences. So it's got its own leadership there across the globe, and it it lobbies it it lobbies United Nations. It lobbies uh, particular country governments. It it mobilises and demonstrates against the mistreatment of. Uh, refugees and and migrants and so on. So it it has a very extensive program of uh, developing and trying to mobilise aid for 
refugees, and uh, that that program will go on between, obviously, between conferences for the next three to four years. They've set their their, their uh, target to um, to mobilise further for the refugees from uh, or what they beyond what they've already done in the last few years. And, and what they've established is what they call an international migrant alliance, and that uh, that works in solidarity across those countries of the globe. Were there representatives from European countries? Um, there were, but uh, the the one of the weak areas of attendance was Europe. Uh, they they noted that that there needed to be a lot more work done in Europe to have them involved in the ILPS and and Africa was another area which was pretty poorly attended. And uh, there was a huge increase. Sorry? No, no. I, I mean, I was only raising that because um, it just would have been such a powerful conversation having delegates and comrades from the Middle East and Europe actually having that discussion about um, the Syrian refugee situation. Yeah, yes, there, there was a, a sprinkling of representation from Europe, but nothing like uh, they, they would desire or there should be. Um, and so that's one of the areas they identified to immediately begin work on to try and improve the involvement uh, in ILPS of organisations in Europe. No one seemed to understand what the problem was there, but I, I think they're going to be doing some concentrated work on that from here. And as you say, it was a, a pity because it would have been a great opportunity to deal with the, the, the big issues there at the moment. There, there were other conferences that were happening around the ILPS one. There was a women's conference and a migrant conference. Did you have the opportunity to participate in those? Yeah, yes. Um, well, obviously, because it's uh, expensive, for people to get to these international conferences every three or four years, uh, there's a tendency to concentrate organisation uh, around that when uh, when the, the opportunity occurs. So that people are going there, they get a chance to do what they needed to do as part of their own commission. So, for instance, the uh, the, the the commission uh, concern, sorry the concern and commission around women's rights and women's liberation. Some years ago, they formed an international women's alliance which mobilises around women's issues across the globe, and they take the opportunity to hold their international conference at the same time as the ILPS, as did the Migrant Alliance, International Migrant Alliance. They, uh, They held their international conference as well. And um, what always seems to occur, or at least in recent years, they they organise a festival for people's struggles, uh, which is a cultural festival um, of artists and entertainers, but uh, educationalists and scientists uh, uh, who who come together to examine a whole range of issues that are detrimentally affecting peoples across the globe in those fields. Uh, that that occurred as a separate conference following the ILPS conference, uh, and that seems to be uh, something that they're going to do each time now while the opportunity is there for people to gather. So there, there's a lot of um, mobilisation 
and examination of the problems that face the peoples of the world. And and I think the key thing for me was that uh, each of those international conferences, each of the workshops that took place around the 17 areas of concern, they come up with a program, a three- to four-year program of mobilisation uh, to to operate between now and the next conference. So uh, there's a lot of detailed work and planning done in the workshops, and that's where most of the effort goes in during the uh, ILPS conference. It sounds like you were extremely busy in um, the period that you, you were visiting the Philippines, but we also managed to request that you squeeze in one additional piece of work, which was to talk with the Kentex workers and or, or the people that are organising um, the Kentex workers. And just to remind listeners, Kentex was a, a shoe factory. They they made thongs. Um, there was a massive fire in that factory and the government officials stopped counting fatalities at around 70. It doesn't mean that only 70 people died. Um, it's just they decided to stop counting at that number. Um, you had an opportunity to meet with some of the people organising in that factory Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, yes, I did, and, and it was an eye opener. But basically, uh, the the factory fire they think was caused uh, by sparks um, in, impacting the chemicals that were uh, poorly stored in the factory, and that led to the fire. So they. Uh, so there were big explosions, and the the interesting thing to me was that they still have workers who are listed as workers but are still missing. They haven't been able to find them, and uh, that included the the deaths of some children because the workers there are forced to bring their kids to the work to the factory uh, while they work because they've got no other way to deal with them. Uh, no, no other facilities to help, so there were ki- children killed there as well. So that the the campaign that's taking place there currently is is multifaceted. One obviously is to give as much aid and assistance to the families that were affected as possible. The other is to uh, put the pressure on the government to be funding the the recovery and the assistance to these people, and and uh, also to, uh, you know, make sure that there's uh, some pressure on the government over the whole question of health and safety regulations and the control of the the owners of the factories and businesses uh, who tend to ignore anything like um, any regulations, even if they're there. And in most cases, they're not. So there's a big campaign going on to force the government to face those problems as well. Well, Len, thank you so, so much for your time on the program this morning. We're just about out of time, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to say anything that I I have forgotten to ask or I haven't given you a chance to say yet. Oh, no, I think we've covered the field pretty well, but I I think the the key message from the conference is that uh, there can only be a solution to the major massive problems that the people face across the globe by um, ultimately defeating imperialism and the imperialist drive for more profits and uh, wealth 
and um, control of minerals and resources and uh, by the people mobilising and uniting. And I guess the key here is uh, international solidarity. That's the key in the end to mobilising a big enough mass movement to put an end to uh, imperialism and build a better world. Len, a perfect note to end on. Thank you so much for your time on the show this morning. All right. Thanks for the time. That was Len Cooper. He's from the um, CWU, the Communication Workers Union, the Telecommunications Division. He's also the chairperson of Australia Asia Worker Links. That does bring us to the end of the program this morning. Thank you so much for tuning in. Just to let you know that next week is the last um, program of Asia Pacific Currents for 2015 and we will be back in February 2016 with more news and current affairs from the Asia Pacific region. But don't forget to tune in to us next Saturday morning for our last show. Um, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. I'm Giselle Hanna. Thanks for tuning in. And coming up next is Palestine Remembered. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.